The following is a high five moment from highfivecasino.com. I won! Yahoo! Private, put down your phone. This is the army. Sarge, High Five Casino is a social casino. It's on your phone, goes wherever you go. I win free spins, cash, prizes, free daily rewards, over 1,200 games. I won again! Platoon, present cell phone. High Five! High Five! Casino! Casino! Win at High Five Casino! High Five Casino is a social casino. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited. Play responsibly. Conditions apply. See website for details. High Five Casino. And you're here. Thanks for choosing the iHeartRadio and Coast to Coast AM Paranormal Podcast Network. Your quest for podcasts of the paranormal, supernatural, and the unexplained ends here. We invite you to enjoy all our shows we have on this network. And right now, let's, let's start, start with, with Shades of the Afterlife with Sandra Champlain. Welcome to our podcast. Please be aware the thoughts and opinions expressed by the host are their thoughts and opinions only and do not reflect those of iHeartMedia, iHeartRadio, Coast to Coast AM, employees of Premier Networks, or their sponsors and associates. We would like to encourage you to do your own research and discover the subject matter for yourself. Hi, I'm Sandra Champlain. For almost 25 years, I've been on a journey to prove the existence of life after death. On each episode, we'll discuss the reasons we now know that our loved ones have survived physical death. And so will we. Welcome to Shades of the Afterlife. We humans are funny creatures, aren't we? We just want somebody we can talk to about this stuff. It's episode 75 today, and it's so hard for me to believe that we've come this far. I feel delighted and honored that I was asked by iHeartRadio and Coast to Coast AM, a little intimidated, thinking, can I do a good enough job? And here we are 75 weeks later, and you're still with me. But I am just as human as you. I want every episode to be good. I want you to be engaged. And sometimes perfection is not the answer. Many years ago, I took a course in public speaking and I practiced and I practiced and I practiced and I practiced. And when I got up on stage, I delivered what I thought was a flawless presentation. But out of the 25 or 30 people that were in the class with me, I got the lowest score. So I was completely baffled why that would be. And then somebody said, we want the real Sandra. You were too perfect. And today when I woke up and I was thinking about the show we have, I thought, let's just put perfection aside and let's just be real. You know, sometimes, and this is good advice for all of us, when we can just show who we really are, warts and all, as they say, it makes us the most lovable. You know, there's just one of us on the planet of each one of us, and we're unique, we're different, and there's something about us that makes us unique and makes people love us. So I thought, let's just have a talk. Who doesn't need a friend that they can talk to about the afterlife, right? So I'm your friend today, and we're going to just do this off the cuff and from the heart. A few nights ago, I was asked to be on Coast to Coast AM just for a couple of minutes, and George Norrie asked me about the percentage of people that believed in the afterlife. There was a study done about 20 years or so ago 
that said about 64% of the people believed in some kind of an afterlife. And then we move on to about 10 years ago, and there was 74% that believe. And then even more recently, there's about 83% of the world's population that claim they believe in the afterlife. And digging a little more, there's about 90% of people in the world that belong to some kind of a religion that believes in the afterlife. So I think things like movies and TV shows and when you get a celebrity or a doctor that has a near-death experience, it helps people believe. But I think more than that is it helps people be open and honest about their beliefs. I think like myself, there's a lot of people that believe or have had really strange occurrences and they have never told anybody. You know, when my book first came out, We Don't Die, A Skeptic's Discovery of Life After Death, the title held true. I didn't believe in this stuff. I wasn't quite an atheist, but I really didn't know. And I had never experienced anything that would lead me to believe that there was a bigger picture. So with that, I actually think I'm the perfect messenger because I've done the work, I've researched, I've experienced, and now I can live to tell the story. But when the book first came out, I honestly was so scared that people would think I was crazy, that I'd lose friends and family. And my mom and I had a longtime catering business working with race teams. And I thought maybe we'd lose some business because people would outcast me. You know, talking about the afterlife is a controversial topic. However, the weird thing is, and this goes back to me wanting to look perfect, you know, with all kinds of people in the audience, we human beings have a need to be liked and to be respected and to be part of a community. So some of those things that are controversial, we may not talk about. I mean, you know, probably when you're with a group of close friends, you can really share your feelings and you can be real. But then when you're with another group of people, you might be a little reserved and you might not say certain things. Well, the same thing holds true with afterlife. When we are with people, though, it is my honest belief that more people, say 90%, if not more than that, have some kind of belief in the afterlife, and they've had experiences. I mean, have you ever known when the phone was going to ring? Or, you know, when the phone did ring, you knew who was calling you. Have you had times that you've been with a person and you both say the same thing at the same exact time? There are these weird psychic occurrences that happen and we tend just to dismiss them as no big deal. But when you put them all together, plus synchronicities, they are big deals and they point to something much bigger going on. So when I was on Coast to Coast the other night, I just challenged the people in the audience to get engaged with their friends and families about topics that relate to this sort of thing. Now, we never should be pushy. Yes, I've gone through a time that I was so excited. I thought everybody needed to know what I had to say. And the truth was, uh, they don't. People need to be ready for this kind of a conversation. But if you read a good book or you hear a good episode or you see a YouTube video, you can throw it out there to people. You know, I remember talking to Nicola Farmer on one of these past episodes, and she works with children. They learn how to use their psychic sense. And when they're blindfolded, they can actually see, they can play ball, they can put jewelry together. 
and so many other things, but they're blindfolded. So they're using their psychic sense. So to say to someone, hey, did you see that episode or that YouTube video with the kids that were blindfolded that were playing catch and, you know, just kind of engage people in conversation and see what they say. Some people will pick up the ball and run with it. They'll start talking to you about some of their strange experiences. When I started sharing about my book, I was so delighted that nobody rejected me. Well, there was one lady, actually, that was a little strange. She was a really heavy-duty, born-again Christian. And this was at the racetrack when I was cooking for the race teams. She just thought, we need to pray for Sandra. So she got a couple of her friends involved, and we sat in a circle, and Yes, heavy-duty prayers to cast out the demons from within me. Okay, so be it. But that was her belief, and I just said, okay, I'm not going to argue. We cannot argue with people, and we cannot try to change people's beliefs. But for me, more people accepted what I had to say, and I met a bunch of people that had either a loved one pass away or God bless this one man who was a crew member of one of the race car teams, and he had a five-year-old child who had passed, and he was really interested in what I had to say. A woman came into our tent, and she had breast cancer, and she was really uncertain about her future. So from my heart, I decided to share what it was that I found and what it was that I believed in. There was a security guard at the Daytona Speedway who told me he had had a heart attack and he had flatlined on an operating table in the hospital and his mom was there. And of course, his mom was deceased and so many other things happened. I had several people tell me of their near-death experiences. There was even a crew member of one of the race teams while I was brewing coffee. He came up to me and he said, when he's kind of in the zone when he's working on one of the race cars or working on one of his cars at home and his mind is quiet and he's just kind of in that zone. He says his dad is there and he says he sees him out of his peripheral vision. He says even the dog that he had when he was a child growing up, he said he can see them out of the corner of his eye and they're real. He feels their presence. But as soon as he pays mental attention to them, they disappear. So there's definitely something about being in the present moment that is this gateway to the afterlife and to our spiritual abilities. So right now I am sitting in house number two. Now, doesn't that sound like I'm rich and famous and that I have two houses? Nah, not quite. You know, you would hear of kids whose parents were divorced and they had to live between two households. And I always felt sorry for them. They should have one home. But when COVID hit, I knew the place I needed to be was with my mom. And she's a couple hours drive from where I currently am. And I own a house with my auntie, with my dad's sister. And so I spend most of the time in the house with my mom, which I love. And Every other month or so, I'll come back home for a couple of nights and get to see my Auntie Donna and get to sleep in my own bed. And in my mind, I really have to take my own advice that each one of us are guided, that we have an invisible team of people that surround us, that our lives are for a reason, that we're here to learn, we're here to experience and collect different 
experiences for our soul, do different things, try different things. And this experience for me, and for you really, of being okay with the unknown, I think is a big part of our experience to really trust that there's a bigger picture. And where we are right now is where we need to be. So time with my aunt, time with my mom, time with you. There's a huge resource of people in the unseen world and guides helping us on our journey. So it's so easy to be worried, especially right now, there's some horrendous things happening in the world. And it's very easy to think about the what ifs and what could happen. And I agree, the world is a scary place right now. But depending on how many years you've lived on planet Earth, and I have a feeling you've been around for a good amount of time, you've made it this far, and I've made it this far. We are designed as humans to worry, to think about what other people will think of us. But the truth is, we have made it this far, and we have to trust our future selves with whatever comes our way that we will be able to handle what comes next. So as we continue on our conversation today, I've had some thoughts that keep coming up that I want to share with you and also talk a little bit more about the present moment being the gateway into the world with our loved ones. So let's take a break and we're going to talk about Harry Houdini when we come back. You're listening to Shades of the Afterlife on the iHeartRadio and Coast to Coast AM Paranormal Podcast Network. Hey, the Coast to Coast AM YouTube channel is waiting for you now. Go to coasttocoastam.com for more information. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp Online Therapy. Time flies. In a blink, 2024 is halfway over. What's something you've accomplished this year that you're proud of? Maybe you made it out of bed and to work every day. Or maybe you started shedding some old habits that were weighing you down. But even when you're making progress, life can feel like it's moving too fast. No one can slow time down, but therapy can give you a moment every week to hit pause, set intentions, and reset. Therapy is a guaranteed time to check in on how you're feeling, what you want to do more of, and what you want to change. BetterHelp offers affordable online therapy on a schedule that works for you. Connect with a licensed therapist by text, phone, or video call. You can start the sign-up process in minutes and switch therapist anytime. Take a moment with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com shades today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot slash shades. The following is a high five moment from HighFiveCasino.com. Welcome to Burger Yippee. Would you like a hot apple pie today? Yes, yes, yeah, I won. Woohoo! So that's a yes on the apple pie? I just went big time playing High Five Casino on my phone. Real cash prizes, free daily rewards, over 1,200 games. Yeah. So yes or no on the apple pie? Woo! I won again. I'll take that as a yes. Drive around. Have you had your high five moment today? Only at HighFiveCasino.com. High Five Casino is a social casino. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited. Play responsibly. Conditions apply. See website for details. High Five Casino. Before AI can help your business predict demand, accelerate growth, inform decisions, automate tasks, reveal insights, generate content, you have to trust it. 
Introducing WatsonX Governance. Helping you govern any AI as data, models, and policies change so you can scale it responsibly. Let's create AI that begins with trust with WatsonX Governance. Learn more at ibm.com governance. IBM, let's create. Welcome back to Shades of the Afterlife. I'm Sandra Champlain, and you and I, we're, we're just having a chat. Now, I know that you can't talk back to me, or maybe you are. Maybe you're shouting at your phone or at your computer as I talk. You can do that. Anyways, as we continue, I woke up today in house number two, which is the house I've owned with my Auntie Donna for about 20 years, got to sleep in my own bed. And as I woke up, I looked at the ton of books that I have around me. I've got a, a pretty big bookshelf. And then also on top my dresser, I have mega piles of books. What are they all about? They're about the afterlife. Isn't that something? I bet you would have never guessed that. What about you? Now, you're listening to Shades of the Afterlife, but I can probably believe you listen to other shows, you keep your eye on YouTube, you have books. What do you think? Do you? I bet you do. You're like me. So as I was looking at them all, one of them, I read it back in the mid-90s when I had that really terrible fear of dying. It's called The Tibetan Book of Living and Dying. And it was the first book that I read that kind of broke me out of my fear that gave me hope that there's a bigger picture. So I haven't opened it up yet. And literally, I haven't read it since the mid 90s, 30 years ago. But I'm going to take a walk down memory lane. But I looked at all these books and I just thought, yes, I am totally committed to this. In fact, back in 2005, I did a course that was called Power and Contribution. And the premise was, if you give your life to something bigger than yourself, you know, some people want to end homelessness, others want to end starvation, others want to clean up the world's waters. If you give yourself to something bigger, then your life works out. And life really is the very best when you can make it about helping others because the more you give, the more you get. And back in those days, I really didn't know what my contribution would be. However, I had all these books. I'd been studying the afterlife for quite some time. And I made this bold declaration that by the year 2027, the people of the world would know that we don't die, that we are souls having a human experience. And here we are in 2022. And look what I'm doing. Now, back then, I didn't have a bunch of evidence. I just had a passion in something. And one of the things that I declared was that I was going to meet like-minded people, that someday I'm going to talk to them and share these conversations. And a good amount of years went by that I forgot about this, completely forgot. But it seemed like it kept knocking at my door. And for me to be here with you now, fulfilling on what I called my impossible promise is amazing. So it just doesn't matter if you think or if you wonder if you're on your life's path. 
If you're following your passions, if you're doing your best to help others on planet Earth, and you're working hard at whatever it may be, you know, sometimes we have to work to make enough money to do what we're passionate about. So don't look for a life's purpose. Who you are, and I know who you are, you're somebody who likes to help others, you're somebody who's generous, and you're somebody interested in what's possible. So just keep doing that. So let me tell you about Harry Houdini. And I'm not really sure what I'm going to tell you about Harry Houdini, but I can tell you that for the past many days, I've woken up thinking that I've got to talk about Harry Houdini on this show. Now, somebody, and I can't remember your name, put a beautiful comment in Apple Music, left a nice review that you loved Storytime with Sandra. So Harry Houdini is somebody I'm going to tell you a little story about. Many people know who he was as a great magician and escape artist, but he also had this passion to discover if the afterlife was real. When his own mom died, I mean, he really went looking for evidence that she was around. Unfortunately, he didn't get the evidence and he assumed everybody was frauds. So let me tell you a little bit about Harry Houdini. All right, here we go. His birth name was Eric Weiss. He was born in Budapest in 1874, moved to the United States with his family, and they settled in Milwaukee, Wisconsin, and then they moved to New York. As a child, he started with working on a trapeze, and he developed sleight-of-hand magic act, and he actually worked in a circus. He married his beautiful girlfriend. Her name was Bess, and she was also a stage performer, and they worked together throughout his career. Early in the 1900s, he experimented with escape acts, most notably involving handcuffs and chains and straitjackets, and as well as submerging himself in a locked underwater chamber. And he continued to gain greater fame. I mean, he got very famous as a performer. And he and his wife, Bess, toured across the United States and Europe. He was very, very strong. He was very, very fit. And he was able to demonstrate different escapes and different illusions. From the late 19th century, spiritualism, which is the belief in the afterlife, had become very popular in the United States and in many countries around the world. In those days, they did not have evidential mediumship, like the mediums you know today. The way mediumship started back in those days, the mid to late 1800s, they would hold what were called seances to contact the spirits. Now, you've heard me talk a little bit about that and Sir Arthur Conan Doyle, who wrote Sherlock Holmes, how he gave up writing because he was so impassioned by what he experienced in the seance room that he just had to share with everybody the reality of the afterlife. However, Houdini found that many of these seances were actually phony. And you can understand it because during that time, the early 1900s, there were wars and there were quite a bit of deaths. And so people really wanted to believe their loved ones lived on. So while there were authentic mediums, there were also quite a few con artists out to get people's money. So Houdini became a little angry about all of this and he became intent on debunking these people 
And he, like they say, threw the baby out with the bathwater. He just became completely convinced that spiritualism was fake. Now, Harry was always close to his mother. Her name was Cecilia. And some people say his interest in mediums and spirit contact was prompted by her death in 1913. In any event, he was really troubled that the world of afterlife communication was run by con artists and charlatans, and he was really determined to expose it. He joined a Scientific American magazine committee that was formed for the purpose of authenticating mediums. And the magazine was offering a reward to anyone who could prove their mediumistic abilities, but no one was able to satisfy the requirements that they had. By 1925, Houdini had begun a popular show, and he told everybody in every show that he offered $10,000 reward to anyone who could produce a natural event that he was able to disprove. In October of 1926, while Houdini was on tour in Montreal, Canada, and he was recovering from a broken ankle, he was resting on a couch in his dressing room. And there's a story that a university student named Gordon Whitehead and a couple of his friends were visiting with Houdini there. And during the course of their conversation, Whitehead allegedly decided to test a claim that Harry had made about being able to withstand blows to his abdomen. Whitehead suddenly delivered several hard punches to Houdini's stomach while he was reclining on the couch. Of course, Houdini was unable to prepare for it. Following this incident, Houdini experienced a great deal of pain, but traveled to Detroit for his next appearance without seeking any treatment. Suffering from a high fever following a show on October 24th, he finally agreed to be hospitalized and was taken to a hospital in Detroit. He was diagnosed with appendicitis. He underwent surgery, but unfortunately, there was little hope for recovery. Houdini clung to his life for just one more week and finally died on Halloween, October 31st, 1926, at the age of only 52, with his wife Bess by his side. His funeral was held in New York City, and he was buried in November of 1926, and almost 2,000 people came to pay their respects. The question persists to this day whether the blows to his abdomen led to his death or whether he had just developed appendicitis and failed to seek treatment. Now, this article talks about Houdini, but doesn't quite get into how angry he got at mediums and some of the things that he had done. Now, the internet, obviously, was not around back in those days, so word traveled fast just by word of mouth. However, there were mediums that were up for this challenge with Houdini, and some of the things he put them through were something else. There's a book that you might enjoy called The Medium Who Baffled Houdini, and it's a story about the medium Marjorie Crandon, and it's written by Elaine Kuzmeskis. There are pictures inside the book of some of the contraptions that Houdini had put mediums in to see if they could be in this box and still produce spirit formations and things like that. 
in those days, there was what was called table tilting. In fact, I think it still exists where people will gently rest their fingertips on top of a table and invite spirits in. And of course, you can imagine a lot of people had their knees under the table and were moving the table. Houdini felt that if he could provide a contraption large enough to go around a medium, that they wouldn't be able to do any fraudulent acts. So we'll talk a little bit more about that when we come back from the break. And it is my personal belief that Houdini is still very much alive and has now turned into a good guy in the afterlife trying to help scientists. Wait till you find out why. You're listening to Shades of the Afterlife on the iHeartRadio and Coast to Coast AM Paranormal Podcast Network. Don't go anywhere. There's more Shades of the Afterlife coming right up. The following is a high five moment from highfivecasino.com. Welcome to Burger Yippee. Would you like a hot apple pie today? Yes, yes, yeah, I won. Woohoo! So that's a yes on the apple pie? I just went big time playing high five casino on my phone. Real cash prizes, free daily rewards, over 1,200 games. Yeah. So yes or no on the apple pie? Woo! I won again. I'll take that as a yes. Drive around. Have you had your high five moment today? Only at highfivecasino.com. High five casino is a social casino. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited. Play responsibly. Conditions apply. See website for details. High five casino. What if AI could help your business deliver mission-critical outcomes with speed? With IBM Consulting, your business can design, build, and scale trusted AI using Watson X and modernize the way you work to accelerate real impact. Let's create AI that transforms your business. Learn more at ibm.com consulting. IBM. Let's create. The Coast to Coast AM mobile app is here and waiting for you right now. And with the app, you can hear classic shows from the past seven years, listen to the current live show, and get access to the Art Bell Vault where you can listen to uninterrupted audio. Head on over to the coasttocoastam.com website. We have a handy video guide to help you get the most out of your mobile app usage. All the info is waiting for you now at coasttocoastam.com. That's coasttocoastam.com. The following is a high five moment from highfivecasino.com. Welcome to Burger Yippee. Would you like a hot apple pie today? Yes, yes, yeah, I won. Woohoo! So that's a yes on the apple pie? I just went big time playing high five casino on my phone. Real cash prizes, free daily rewards, over 1,200 games. Yeah. So yes or no on the apple pie? Woo! <laughs> I won again. I'll take that as a yes. Drive around. Have you had your high five moment today? Only at highfivecasino.com. High five casino is a social casino. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited. Play responsibly. Conditions apply. See website for details. High five casino. Welcome back to Shades of the Afterlife. I'm Sandra Champlain, and I'm so excited to have this conversation with you, especially including Harry Houdini. From the world's point of view, he was anti-mediums, really thought they were all frauds and con artists, but not a lot has been heard by the public about a medium who actually baffled Houdini, and her name was Marjorie Crandon. And Marjorie was a pretty famous medium of her time, and Harry went out to 
let the world know that she was a fraud. If you look at some things online, there's a lot of evidence that Harry Houdini said very negative things about her. I live close to the Boston, Massachusetts area. And this Marjorie Crandon, her husband was a doctor. And there were so many Harvard professors that were involved with this. So these are some pretty scientific individuals, all convinced of the authenticity of this spirit communication. Sir Arthur Conan Doyle and Harry Houdini had gotten into a big fight over this. And Sir Arthur Conan Doyle sided with the medium, Marjorie Crandon. Harry Houdini went on to his death, really saying that mediumship was not real. But Harry's wife, Bess, continued to search for evidence of her husband's survival. And there's some documents that say that Bess has come out saying that she did receive this certain code that they had between them, evidence that Houdini lived on. A lot of people speculate that that may not be true. But I want to tell you why I think Harry Houdini is a good guy and that he's working on behalf of letting the world know that life after death is real. Because we can all change, right? Even from the other side. I'm sure Harry figured out when he took his last breath here on earth and opened them up in the other side, that the afterlife is real. Someone who knows quite a bit about this is Dr. Gary Schwartz. And we've talked a bit about Gary on other episodes as we've talked to Dr. Mark Pittstick, who is working closely with Gary on the Soul Phone Project. You can find out more about that at the soulphonefoundation.org website. Dr. Schwartz, he has been a longtime investigator in the afterlife and feels more than ever that There needs to be scientific research, not just research that's done in the world of parapsychology that doesn't have a lot of grit to it. So he's done double blind tests, triple blind tests. Do you remember the show Medium about Medium Allison Dubois? It was a big show back in the day. Dr. Gary actually worked with Allison. She was a real life person and these afterlife experiments were very real. Dr. Schwartz has been a professor of psychology and psychiatry at Yale University. He's done some major things with some major universities and Currently, he's published more than 450 papers and in the Journal of Science about the afterlife. He's got lots of books out. One of them is about that Alison Dubois called The Truth About Medium. He's got a book called The Afterlife Experiments and many more. I got an opportunity to see Dr. Schwartz first speak back in 2006, and I was really interested on these double blind and triple blind tests that he did. He has a friend who is now in the spirit world, and her name is Susie Smith. And she had written a lot of books about parapsychology and the afterlife. And they had an agreement as she was an older lady that if she goes first, she would certainly come back and let him know that she is okay. Well, she actually works with him. And I don't remember exactly the story, but I remember when he presented, he told about this Susie Smith and that he had a medium actually contact him that said, your friend Susie Smith is here and she wants you to know that she is alive and well. And through this medium, Susie Smith gave the information. I see you. You've got your blue Yankees ball cap on. You 
are eating a bowl of spaghetti and you're in your pajamas. It was something like that. It was so evident that he started working with Susie Smith. And even though she was deceased, he would talk to her and say, these are some messages. I want you to find these certain mediums, tell them, and I'd like to get a phone call from those mediums, letting me know that you visited them. I want to play a clip now from Dr. Schwartz, because he very much believes that Harry Houdini is working with him from the other side as part of what he calls his A-team. This clip is from an interview Dr. Gary Schwartz did with John Charles Shabbat, and he's talking about the technology behind the soul phone. And they have some kind of very expensive device that can actually measure different subtle changes of energy. We've used magnetic sensors. We've used um, electronic sensors. We've used um, the interference patterns of what's called the dynamical interferometer. There have been many different technologies, all of which are ultra-sensitive, that can pick up the tiny amounts of the predicted energy and information, historical energy and information that we have after we physically die. We work with a hypothesized team on the other side, which we call, quote, the A-team. So they're the A-team, and we're the B-team. We're the bad team. (laughs) And these beings, some of whom we knew in the physical, um, for example, a woman by the name of Susie Smith, who I've written about in multiple books, who, as a sidebar, Mm. Susie um, had been a leading figure in the survival of conscious uh, parapsychology areas, She began writing books in the area. She originally began as a skeptic and then had a transformation. She published a total of 30 books in the field of parapsychology and life after death, originally trained as a journalist. I met Susie when she was in her mid-80s. She was retired in Tucson, and Susie became my adopted grandmother. And as Susie was fond of saying, she couldn't wait to die so she could prove it when she was still here. After Susie passed... Many mediums, not one, more than a dozen, have independently confirmed the presence of Susie. And the amazing thing is some of those mediums Susie found after she died and then brought them to me. So she would go, for example, to spontaneously appear to a woman named Suzanne Giesman, who's now a very distinguished medium in the United States. And uh, Suzanne claimed that in a meditation, who pops into her mind, uh, into her experience, but this woman claiming to be someone called Susie and that she had a connection to me and that she wanted Susie to contact me on behalf of Susie. And then, uh, you know, I'm I'm a serious scientist, so I can't accept any of this on face value. Right. I don't believe it or disbelieve it. I say, okay, well, then what I have to do is do a controlled evaluation with you. And I have to see whether you can gain information that only would Susie would know about me and about our history and so on. Uh, as you can imagine, that's what's happened over and over and over. So some, and I mean literally over and over and over, because there have been so many different mediums that we've tested with. So there are people like Susie. Then there are people who have come to us from the other side. They, quote, hear about us. And again, it's a complex process of help that occurs, but... Uh, one of them, a very controversial figure, and but I'm going to be going public about this, and we've 
share this on our website. It's www.soulphone.org. You can learn a lot about this technology and the history and so on. And you can read about the A-team and who these people are. Well, one of them is none other than the uh, distinguished, famous, internationally known uh, magician by the name of Harry Houdini. Now, of course, as soon as I say this, people, they look either amazed or they look cross-eyed and, and they say, that's ridiculous. Yeah, it is ridiculous, but it happens to be true. We've had many mediums independently confirmed. I refer to him as HHH. HHH stands for Hypothesized Harry Houdini. I've done multiple experiments with him over more than 10 years, and he's one of the best, quote, test pilots we have, quote, on the other side. So, uh, and, and, and Gary, how do you verify that what he says is true? Like, do you have access to information that what could well, be maybe an example you could give? And that's, a, that's a really great question. One of the ways that I do it today is let's take HHH, hypothesized Harry We do a particular experiment that involves a particular technology. This is the very most recent one that we've used, which is, um, in some respects, the most exciting because it's, it's the easiest to demonstrate and for, easiest for people to understand. And we keep, have kept that information up to now, um, for the most part, uh, quote, secret, meaning we haven't shared it. So therefore, there's no way that a, a medium would know what they were doing in order to activate and produce a, quote, response. Nor um, they would, would they know that a particular member of the A-team was working. What I would do and what I do do is I will then contact a particular medium who's worked with the lab in the past and I'll say, yes, you know, we have been together, you know, talking some time, but I would like to, you would invite Susie, who will then, quote, bring unidentified people to you. And then you should identify, see who shows up and then ask them What are they doing with the technology that would independently confirm that, in fact, person X, in this case, hypothesized Harry Houdini, was actually working with a specific piece of equipment? And when we get positive confirmation, that's a form, a very, you know, very strong form of, uh, of evidence that supports that conclusion. I was at a conference where Gary Schwartz presented that he had asked Susie to ask the A-team to show up to a medium artist and have the artist draw pictures. And the pictures that the artist drew were pictures of the A-team, three of them being Harry Houdini, Albert Einstein, and Michael Jackson. And the artist said that one of them, which was Michael Jackson, actually showed himself in two different ways. So Gary presented these pictures to the audience of drawings of Harry Houdini, Albert Einstein, and two pictures of Michael Jackson. One is how we all know him and remember him, and the other was a picture of him in his makeup from the video Thriller. I've got goosebumps just telling you these stories. We'll be back in just a moment. You're listening to Shades of the Afterlife on the iHeartRadio and Coast to Coast AM Paranormal Podcast Network. Don't go anywhere. There's more Shades of the Afterlife coming right up. 
The following is a high five moment from highfivecasino.com. I won! Yahoo! Private, put down your phone. This is the army. Sort. High Five Casino is a social casino. It's on your phone, goes wherever you go. I win free spins, cash, prizes, free daily rewards, over 1,200 games. I won again! Platoon, present cell phone. High Five! High Five! Casino! Casino! Win at highfivecasino.com! High Five Casino is a social casino. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited. Play responsibly. Conditions apply. See website for details. High Five Casino. If your business needs a new application, then developers will have to write code, a lot of code. If an application needs to be modernized, then you'll need time, resources, and caffeine. If that sounds daunting, then you need Watson X Code Assistant, AI designed to multiply developer productivity so you can generate code quickly. Let's create a more modern foundation for business with Watson X Code Assistant. Learn more at ibm.com slash codeassistant. IBM. Let's create. Hey folks, we need your music. Hey, it's producer Tom at Coast to Coast AM and every first Sunday of the month, we play music from emerging artists just like you. If you're a musician or a singer and have recorded music you'd like to submit, it's very easy. Just go to coasttocoastam.com, click the Emerging Artist banner in the carousel, follow the instructions, and we just might play your music on the air. Go now to coasttocoastam.com to send us your recording. That's coasttocoastam.com. High Five Casino. High Five Casino is a social casino with real prizes and big Vegas hits at HighFiveCasino.com. The hottest games right from Vegas and all winnings go straight to your bank account. Hundreds of exclusive games, free daily rewards, and come back to get free coins every four hours. Only at HighFiveCasino.com. High Five Casino is a social casino. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited. Play responsibly. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details at HighTheNumberFiveCasino.com. High Five Casino. And now back to Sandra Champlain and Shades of the Afterlife. Welcome back to Shades of the Afterlife. I'm Sandra Champlain, and I found that Harry Houdini story really interesting. And I honestly have faith that he's working behind the scenes to help mankind. And I wasn't kidding at the beginning when I said I've woken up several days this week thinking about Harry Houdini and like I had to tell the story. Also, I find that people who make the best afterlife messengers are people that didn't believe in the first place. Now, I'm not calling myself an atheist because I'm more maybe agnostic before I went on my journey. I just really wasn't sure I wanted to believe, but I really wasn't convinced. So I tell all my stories, still being a skeptic, I'm not sure. And so I investigate these things myself. That's what made me fly out to the Arthur Finley College and take several courses on mediumship. And that's what had me take courses on electronic voice phenomena and hypnosis and remote viewing and so many other things. I had to try it to believe it, to then share it. Others that have been atheists that are now spreading the good word. We had spoken to Barbara Harris Whitfield on a previous episode. She had an extraordinary near-death experience and She's worked very closely with Dr. Kenneth Ring, who has documented the near-death experiences of blind people, people that never had vision in life and can see in the afterlife. 
There's people like Naval Commander Suzanne Giesman, whose stepdaughter had passed away, and she went out looking for answers. Not only did she find answers, but she learned mediumship. Dr. Nancy Rines, scientist, never believed, atheist, gets run over on her bicycle by a car, has a near-death experience, can see everything and witness everything from outside of her body and has an extraordinary experience on the other side. How about Dr. Mary Neal, who's a spine surgeon? Never believed. And she capsized in her kayak and with almost 15 minutes upside down without air, she was brought back to life and had an extraordinary near-death experience of seeing the other side. Neurosurgeon Eben Alexander, who wrote Proof of Heaven, Another atheist always chalked up people's near-death experiences as something that happens automatically when a brain shuts down, never imagining to meet his own sister in the other side. Anita Morjani, author of the book Dying to Be Me, she had literally gotten last rites. Her body was filled with cancer, had a near-death experience, was given the choice. If she wanted to live, she would be healed but she'd have to come back and tell people the good word that the afterlife is real. And she made that agreement. She is a miracle healing and you can research her. Dr. Alan Huguenot, he's another one, engineer, physicist, turned medium. He explains the afterlife in a very scientific way. You'll have to go back on previous episodes to hear these interviews, but Dr. Alan Huguenot, is one of the people we asked to be part of our movie called Rinaldi, Instrumental Transcommunication from the Other Side. And he explains in our film about the unseen world from a scientific point of view. If you haven't seen the movie yet, I would highly recommend it. It's the story of Sonia Rinaldi researching in her laboratory of getting audios and voices of the people in the afterlife. And now she records videos and in the frames of her videos are people's loved ones. It's amazing what she does. You can find the link to watch the film on the homepage of wedontdie.com. And like I said, I think I'm the perfect messenger too, because I didn't believe any of this stuff. We need normal people who aren't filled with the spiritual jargon. I want to talk to you a little bit now about another doctor who had an extraordinary experience. His name is Raj Partee. He's the author of the book, Dying to Wake Up. Dr. Partee was the former chief of anesthesiology at Bakersfield Heart Hospital in California. And his story is one of the greatest near-death experiences I've heard, just for the transformation that took place, really giving someone life and giving someone purpose, even though they might not have believed. So Dr. Partee describes himself as having a a great deal of wealth. In fact, he lived in a mansion, he had several luxury cars, and he was able to purchase anything he wanted. And with that, he's been very honest that he had a huge ego and thought he was invincible. Back in 2008, he was diagnosed with prostate cancer, and he had a routine surgery to treat it, but it led to complications that left him in excruciating pain, forced him back into surgery three times. 
he describes himself that even though the cancer was gone, he lived in pain and he lived on pain medications and dealt with a huge amount of depression. So for a couple of years, things got worse and eventually he was admitted back into surgery for a severe infection and fever. He had this memory while he was out of no longer being in his body. He had been given anesthesia, but instead of being out of it, he actually found himself outside of his body. And it was here as he lay dying and heavily anesthetized that he says he woke up. He was deeply asleep from anesthesia, but he was very aware that his consciousness had separated from his body. He had a vantage point of floating near the ceiling and he could look down and he could see the surgeon cut him and he could see the operating room personnel. He could smell the odors of what was happening in the room. His senses became so acute in this out-of-body state that as he was hearing and seeing and smelling things, he felt as if he lifted even further and left the operating room and began to drift towards familiar voices from India. And he could hear his mother and his sister talking about their dinner preparations that night. And what they finally decided to have was rice, vegetables, and beans, and yogurt. So he witnessed all of that. He found himself floating again into a very dark space, and there were little pinpricks of light that he said. And he never believed before, but he felt this really strong urge to pray. And when he did, it seemed like the darkness went away, and the brightness got brighter and brighter and brighter. He actually experienced seeing Jesus. And it was interesting because although he didn't believe in anything, his wife said, you know, why Jesus? Why not one of the Hindu gods that our religion believes in? But during this time, he really felt like he witnessed how he lived his life and how he didn't really care about people. He cared about material belongings. The truth dawned on him that the life he was living on earth was without love and without compassion or forgiveness. And the more that that light grew, the more he felt Jesus's love, he had this transformation. As an anesthesiologist, he chose to come back to life. And instead of putting people to sleep, so to speak, with anesthesia, he decided to wake them up to the truth about the afterlife being real, and being of service to others. Dr. Partee also reunited with his father in the afterlife. And his father said, if you keep your consciousness clear and be truthful to yourself, the universe and the divine will take care of you. So Dr. Partee has changed his medical specialty from anesthesiologist to that of one of a mind-based healing, which he uses the principles of healing that were taught to him when he met so many beings on the other side. And his goal now is to become a healer of the soul, especially the diseases of the mind, you know, negative thinking, and to help heal the energy body from addiction, depression, chronic pain, and cancer like he had. His book is called Dying to Wake Up, A Doctor's Voyage into the Afterlife and the Wisdom He Brought Back. You know, his father's quote about keeping your consciousness clear, I think that there's a gateway between this world and the next, but we need to be clear. And when I say clear, I mean present, quiet, 
like a clear piece of glass. Have you ever seen science fiction movies and they're out in outer space and there's a wormhole and through a wormhole, maybe a spacecraft goes and they're transported from their current time, either way into the future or back into the past. And I think being clear, being in the present moment is like a wormhole between our life and the next. So all around us right now, there are people, they're working, they're is this world within a world. You know, instead of the afterlife being in heaven out there beyond the clouds, we are really part of it. We are really part of eternity. Everybody's busy, they've got jobs to do, but it's so easy to just take a breath and look in on us and be with us. There's no time there. So what occurs to us as a lifetime could be just a blink of an eye for them. We'll experience it certainly when we get there. But when we talk about the wormhole and being clear and being in the present moment, we all want to have signs from our loved ones. And yeah, it's great to see a bird come by or a feather or, you know, if you get a shiny penny or something. But what's even better than that is to quiet your mind, whether midday or when you're waking up in the morning or just before you go to sleep at night, do your best to just slow down, concentrate on your breath. Get to that place between sleep and being awake where your imagination can kick in. But don't try to pay it too much thought. If you look at a picture of your loved one or you have a memory of being with them and then you really think about how exactly it felt, the love that you felt for each other, those are things that are like that wormhole that will transport you. And the more you practice this, the more times you're going to start having feelings and memories and thoughts. Now, our humanness will want to chalk it up to just our imagination, but our loved ones work through our imagination. In every course we do and every Sunday gathering, we're talking about some way that we can connect with our loved ones. So this episode is coming to an end, but I sure hope you take me up on our offer and be part of our community, get involved. You can find all the details at wedontdie.com. Be sure to watch that Sonia Rinaldi movie I told you about. Anyways, a big warm thank you for listening. Oh, this is episode number 75 that you've been listening to, Shades of the Afterlife, on the iHeartRadio and Coast to Coast AM Paranormal Podcast Network. Thanks for listening to the iHeartRadio and Coast to Coast AM Paranormal Podcast Network. Make sure and check out all our shows on the iHeartRadio app or by going to iHeartRadio.com. 